We're into the part of the season where there's going to be a lot of big money races, a lot of big time shows coming up for the Northeast modified scene between the Short Track Super Series, the Super Dirt Car Series, things like Super Dirt Week, uh, the Speed Showcase Weekend at Port Royal, Eastern States, a lot of big stuff coming up. Uh, and recently on The Daily Show, we talked about kind of what the feelings are right now about Northeast Modified Racing and maybe if things are down a little bit. Uh, so I went and uh, grabbed Mike Mallett from Dirt Track Digest. He jumped on with me and we talked kind of all things Northeast Modified Racing and, and you know, the feelings around the series right now. We talked a lot of streaming stuff, uh, even a little bit of sprint car talk at the end. So if you're a Northeast Modified fan, definitely tune into this one. But there's some good business of dirt racing stuff in this one with the streaming. Some of the thoughts, you know, you've heard from me. Obviously, was able to bounce off uh, Mike in terms of some of the track stuff as he's dealing with uh, a lot of these business issues with tracks. But uh, a lot of different good pieces in this one, not just Northeast stuff, a lot of other good stuff in this one also. But uh, enjoy the next maybe about 35 minutes here with Mike Mallett of Dirt Track Digest. Joining me from the uh, Dirt Track Digest World Headquarters studio, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mike Mallet, owner of Dirt Track Digest. Uh, Mike, I wanted to have you on. Like, uh, obviously, you know, me and you have known each other a super long time, and and we've had tons of conversations through the years. Kind of, you know, you've been on this show before, and and you know, we message back and forth periodically and stuff. But you know, kind of want to talk to you about just the state of of Northeast Modified Racing and streaming stuff, and and. You had messaged me after I talked about modified racing here last week, kind of in advance of the Fonda 200 and stuff. And, and I know you were there um, after mm -hmm. watching my show. Kind of what were your thoughts about what I said? And, and do you agree that maybe things seem to be down a little bit with Northeast modified racing? You, you know, what's, I, I think what's happening and I think I see this a lot and not just modified racing, but kind of everything. Um, you know, the big events, you know, end of the season events for us here in New York, all of our big events are now until you know, Super Dirt Week, then Port Royal, then Eastern States, you know, they, they kind of piggyback on one another. It's always been like that. Um, those events will always, you know, to me, always do well. Like the Fonda 200, great crowd last weekend. You know, tomorrow, uh, you know, Malta has a big weekend, Albany, Saratoga Speedway. They'll have a great crowd on Friday and Saturday night. You know, these big events here for us at the end of the year, they'll have a crowd. They'll have, you know, they'll have people. There, there'll be a buzz when you get there. You know, and I, I think part of the lack of a buzz right now is, is you're still coming off that hangover, if you will, of the regular season. You know, you had a really long, I mean, our season starts back in April and, you know, you run all the way up through September, didn't have a lot of rainouts. So everybody's just like, let's take a deep breath here. All right. I got my legs back under me. Now let's, let's hit it and let's get going to the big end of the season events. So maybe that's probably why you didn't see the, I'm pumped. I can't wait, you know, the excitement out of it. Um, but, you know, look, last weekend, you know, you had we had a, a, an amazing weekend in modified racing. You had you know over 50 cars of Fonda, over 70 cars uh, competing at Grandview. You had another 40 cars at Land of Legends, another 30 or 40 at Penn Can. I mean, that's an impressive weekend when you look at just people going out, going to the races, racetracks, having solid crowds and solid car count. Um, I mean, Grandview, obviously, the situation is this crappy there with them, you know, the, the uncertainty. So why they had 72 cars and. You know, the, but the, let's be fair. The place would have been packed anyways because the Sixer is is a crown jewel. You know, just like the Fonda 200 is a crown jewel. You know, so those big races, they're gonna they're gonna get cars, they're gonna get people, and you know, I think I think we're just a little slow right now because of how long the season is and how you know, again, no rain out, so you're you're kind of burned out. I mean, I you know how it goes when you get in that grind, you get to that point, you're like, oh, I just need a break, give me a weekend. You know, there you know when you're when you're praying mid mid season for a rain out and you don't get it. You know, we didn't have many, so I think that's part of it. Uh, one of the things that I kind of had mentioned was like this relationship between Super Dirt Car Series and Short Track Super Series. And obviously, I worked at World Racing Group for a long time. So mm -hmm. I'm, you know, very aware of the Super Dirt Car Series side of things and, and how little they used to get along. And it seems like things are maybe a little bit better. But do you think that those two series being both fairly strong right now is maybe hurting each other? Like, can we really have two series coexist at a high level uh, in the Northeast as, you know, Obviously, you're kind of in the middle of all of this. Where, where do you yeah. kind of view this? Well, uh, for me, I'm fortunate. You know, we obviously do the live streaming for the Short Track Super Series. Uh, I announced the, the Fonda 200 this past weekend uh, on our broadcast. I also announced uh, a handful of Super Dirt Car Series races this year. Uh, I mean, for me, I think there's enough people and cars and everything to go around. Um, you know, the one thing, you know, I joke with my good buddy, uh, Todd Buffenbarker, TJ Slideways, and he's always joking. Uh, with us, he's like, do you guys ever have a week where there's just no racing, like in the middle of the week? I'm like, no, man, this is how we operate in New York. Like you go to your weekends and then you go three races midweek and then you go back to your weekend. I said, that's what we do here. You know, that's 
<laughs> so he's, you know, he's always like, it's unbelievable how much modified racing. So, you know, I think it's a good thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's more money getting spread around. Now, let's be fair. The same guy, you know, right now is hot no matter where he goes. And that's Matt Shepard. And he's just kicking everybody's behinds. Um, but it's still more money, more opportunities. You know, like I just mentioned, like last weekend, you had all these races paying big money. You know, Craig Von Dorn won 30,000 plus at the Sixer. Matt Shepard won his 53,000, you know, 10 grand out at Land of Legend, another five down at Penn Kent. You know, that's great for racing because there's a lot of guys making money. I mean, so for us, we have a ton of modifieds. You know, we're such a condensed area. Uh, you know, I think I've talked about it here before. Like for myself here, I'm in Burton, you know, the, the huge lavish DTD studios here. And I can go to 10 tracks on a Friday or Saturday within an hour and a half to two hours in my house. So it's just, you know, we've always kind of had a lot of race cars and we've been fortunate. You know, I've lived down south where you go to a late model track and they get 12 cars. You know what I mean? So being here in New York, we're lucky. We have a ton of racing, you know, and, and a lot of race cars. So I don't think there's an issue having two series. I think you need two series. You know, I mean, the one thing that I wish would happen, which I will probably never happen, is a little bit more regulation of the rules where they're more similar to one another. Because obviously, you know, the dirt car rules are big blocks. Then they have their spec small block series, you know, 358 series. Whereas Brett Dale runs the open motors, you know, a little bit taller doors on the cars and things like that. I wish we could get aligned a little bit more because my, my fear is we're not there now. You know, there's no, I'm not saying, oh my God, gloom and doom here, but down the road, I you know, we have some asphalt modified tracks and every one of those tracks runs a different rules pack. Mm -hmm. So as a result, you get a lot of splintering of the fields and the cars and all that. And I don't, I hope that I don't want to see that happen here to us in the dirt modified ranks. Do you have a sense of like, if like it, the fan basis for the two series, like, you know, are you just a short track super series fan? Are you just a super dirt car series fan? You know, are you fans of the drivers and it doesn't matter the series, you know, are you just going to go to your specific tracks? Like, how does the fan bases work? Because it seems like, you know, in some stuff, like if you're a fan of one thing, you're not a fan of the other thing. And is that the case here or does it not matter? I, I know what people aren't a fan of in New York and that's sprint cars without modifieds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can, you, you can run the outlaws, but if you run a, you know, a 360 show or whatever, and you don't have modifieds on the card and, and I, without modifieds everywhere is a tough sell in New York. But no, I, I think each fan, I, I would say probably everybody's got their own deal they want to do. You know, me personally, I've always been the guy. Let's go see how many races I can go to. You know, if I can go to 120, 130 races a year, which was typical for me, you know, maybe this year might not be that many, but uh, typically that's what I do. You know, but a lot of race fans, hey, I'm close to this track. This is where I go. If you live in the capital district, you know, you got Fonda, you got Albany, you got Lebanon Valley, you go to. You live out here by me uh, in central New York, you can go to Burton, Fulton, Canandaigua, you know, all within the hour. If you live in the southern tier, you've got Penn Can, you got Afton, you got Five Mile Point. Uh, you got Thunder Mountain Speedway where I go on Saturday night. So every region kind of has its own group of tracks and people. Yeah, they stay in that region. But now this time of the year, now you go everywhere. You know, it's just every weekend. It's like, let's pack up and let's take the kids and take the camp or wherever. And, we, you know, this weekend, I got to go here, you know, uh, you know, for people this week. Again, it's Malta massive weekend here this Friday, Saturday. Next weekend, it's the Outlaw 200 of Fulton Speedway. Weekend after that, it's Super Dirt Week. You know, then then we had the Port Royal, which is a little bit different crowd because it's more of a PA crowd down there. Uh, and then you have Eastern States, which is our traditional end of the year, big modified race. So, I mean, to me, I think it's just you pick and choose what you want to do. Sure. Uh, within your region during the regular season. But uh, I think once we get to this time of the year, you just you go where the big races are, man. Well, one of the things that I had talked about was this being 50th Super Dirt Week and, you know, why there just doesn't seem to be as much fanfare. And the one thing that, you know, it. And we, we've all heard it a thousand times. It's mm -hmm. not the fairgrounds anymore. It's Oswego. It's different. Um <laughs> Do you think that it's possible in any way, shape, or form for a different version of Super Dirt Week, whether that's you know right now at Oswego or something in the future, maybe somewhere else, to ever regain what it was at the Syracuse Mile? Like, is that even possible? I look. I think we as race fans have short-term memories. Um, we want to remember the glory of what things were, and you kind of forget the negatives. You know, right now Oswego is the hot thing. You know, every time you see Oswego come up, oh, the track was rough last year. The track sucked. This sucked. That sucked. It's like, okay, you know what? I went, you know, I made a comment to somebody. Um, I can't remember if it was on Facebook or on our forum. You know, like, how about the time we went to Syracuse? Like, I'm not crapping on Syracuse because I like, you know, I like Super Dirt Week there. It was a great time. I had a ton of fun every year, you know. Um, but I can remember them filling holes with concrete and rebar and throwing dirt over it in the turns because the holes are so deep. I can remember the dust so bad on the front stretch. You couldn't see anything. Like, we forget that we've had problems at other places. Like, and to me, Super Dirt Week, it's yeah, it's about the part. Like a lot of people go there to party. That's not my, I used to, and I 
man, do I miss some of the fun times we used to be able to have. But <laughs> as you grow up and you buy websites and become owners of things and have to be in a responsible adult, which is such a shame, um, you, you don't get to do the things at Super Dirt Week that you used to do. But, but I think the party element's still there. And let's be fair. The mile was great, but it wasn't good for the drivers because it was wicked expensive. You know, you had to buy special body, special this, special that, all these different things to race there. You know, you ran a motor there and you probably didn't run it again. You know, so the little teams really had no opportunity to be competitive or to go there and, and do it the right way. With the Suigo, what I like about it is you can bring your regular Saturday night car or Friday night car that you race every week and you can have a chance. You know, it's a half mile, five eighths. You can call it five eighths. It's a, it's a half mile, but I'll get into that argument with somebody ever, <laughs> another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, they forget that we've had two really good races at Oswego. And yeah, we had a we had a plowed cornfield the first year and we had a plowed cornfield last year. All right. I mean, it happens. It happens at your weekly Saturday night track. But to me, you know, I wrote a column last year when we were all said and done. I'm like, you know, I use the line from Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Like, look, was it the best rate, quote unquote, racing? No, but watching guys race each other side by side, they're dodging the rough track conditions. I mean, it was an exciting race because you didn't know who was going to win. And that's why I go. I want to see. That's what I want to see. You know, so for me, I, look, Syracuse was Syracuse. You can't recreate that because there's no, you know, I mean, you're not going to go to the Springfield mile or, what, you know, another mile track. That's just not going to happen. They don't exist anymore, really, uh, especially in our area. So recreating it. No. But can the legacy live on at Oswego? I believe it can. I mean, I love Oswego. I love the history of Oswego with the super modifieds and all the other things that have taken place there. So for me, going to a historic place, that's what it's all about. And, and I like that it's not a place that we run weekly. To me, if we were running it at Utica or Weedsport or Canandaigua or Fonda, it's not the same. Like for me, Oswego is special. It's different. And that's what always made Super Dirt Week fun for me was that it was special and different. And that's what Oswego is. And it's got, again, I love the atmosphere there. The, 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 it's tight. You're on top of each other. And, and, and the racing has been when, when they get the track right, and which I believe this year the track is going to be way better. Um, I, I just, I think it's just a better, you know, it's better racing, you know, than the mile ever was. So that's my opinion on it. You know, not a lot of people probably share that because everybody, you know, we're all stuck in what the mile was and all that. And again, that, that was great, but it's over. It's done. Like we can sit here and, you know, wish it, wish it back, but it's not coming back. It's over, you know, so you can't live in that past. You got to move on. And, you know, the first year was weird, you know, the first year was different, but as you get, you know, we're five or what, six years in now it's, it's super dirt week. That's what super dirt week is now for everybody. You know, anybody new, this is super dirt week. They don't know Syracuse. They don't know the mile because we'll never, and they'll never have that chance again, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Matt Shepard in there, and obviously we can't not talk about racing the season up there without <laughs> talking about Matt Shepard. He's currently leading all three super or short track super series uh, championships between the elite, the north, and the south. He's also leading the super dark car series <laughs> points. And then somebody said he's leading what one or multiple track championship battles as well. Uh, he he won the Utica Rome Speedway track title. Also won the Orange County Fair Speedway track title. Yeah, so there you go. Like. Like what? What is this guy doing right now? You know, it's like seems like we don't hear about Stuart Friesen anymore. We're not hearing about Matt Williamson anymore. Like everything is about Matt Shepard right now. You know, it, like you look in the in the history of dirt racing. There are guys that j there are modified racing. I should say not dirt racing because I know you got guys people that watch actually like sprint cars and late models, unlike people up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just have guys that have phenomenal years. You know what I mean? I mean, Shepard's won over 40 races in a season before. I mean, I think his win percentage the, like four years ago was 50% or something crazy like that. You know, he's just on his game. You know, his maintenance program is second to none. You know, he's got a great team of supporters behind him and sponsors. You know, it's his team, but he's got a ton of different partners that help make his team do what they're able to do. You know, and as for Stu, uh, they've just struggled this year and it's it's been a motor issue, you know, we talked to him, you know, I talked to Stu Friday at Fonda and you know they had lost two motors already, you know, in, in his wife's car and Jessica's car. Um, so she ran a spec spec three, you know, 358 on Saturday. Still got a top 10 out of it. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, and then he lost another motor on on Saturday. So motor issues have been creeping up for them this year. And, and I don't know what it is, you know, but if you're constantly fighting that demon, you know, it, it's tough. And right now, the, the other problem you get is you can't get stuff back. I don't know if you're experiencing that in the sprint car world or in the late model world, but I hear from a lot of guys that it's tough to get motors redone and rebuilt uh, simply because they can't get parts. So you're, tr you know, we're, we're 
we see Stu probably maybe trying to stretch things a little bit more, you know, because you can't get it fixed. You know, before you drop it off, you know, in two weeks, you're going to be able to get it back. Right now, that, that's not happening. So I think that's part of the issue. And again, I just think Matt's that good right now. Matt has it figured out. He, you know, the coils, you know, Matt Williamson was running the coils kind of before everybody else was a little bit earlier than everybody else. So he kind of had a head start, you know, and, and now you've seen Shepard. Okay. Now Shepard has caught up, uh, you know, to, to the coil game here. Um, and the other thing with Matty Williamson, you know, I, I've talked to him a bunch this year. He just, you know, he's just struggling. Um, you know, and part of it is maybe not running a big block is enough. Um, he runs, you know, Ransomville, Merrittville weekly. Those are small block tracks. So his, you know, his big, most of his big block stuff has been super dirt series. And if you're not constantly in a big block, you know, where you're running against Matt Shepard, who's constantly running a big block, you know, running, you know, four nights, you know, three, four nights a week in a big block, and you're running two nights a week in a small block, you know, it's going to, it's going to make a difference, you know, and Maddie says a little, that might be a little bit of it. And they're searching, you know, they're searching for, to, to get better, you know, and because the things that they were doing just aren't up to where they need to be to beat Matt Shepard right now. Uh, who are some other guys we should be paying attention to it? And one of the guys that, one of the guys that comes to mind is Ryan go down. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's won a bunch this year, uh, you know, obviously dominates at Bridgeport and, and, you know, does a nice job when he comes out and races the short track super series was, you know, has been up in the points there as well. Uh, but who are some other guys that we need to be paying attention to as we kind of get into more of these big shows between super dirt week and Eastern States, like you mentioned, and, and Port Royal coming up. Um, you know, it's tough because there's not just one guy, you know, kind of, do- you know, behind Shepard running really well. You know what I mean? I mean, Mike Mahaney's had some big wins. Uh, Anthony Prego's had a handful of wins down at, uh, down at Orange County, you know, and, and he's been uh, pretty good on the road. Um, you know, Peter Britton's a guy that's been really good at Oswego, almost won it uh, one year and lost it on the last lap to none other than Matt Shepard. Um, you know, Billy Decker's been solid here uh, as of late. So I don't think there's one, you know, you, you, you start the list with Matt Shepard and then it kind of it's everybody else fighting for that spot to be the, the next best guy. You know, Mike Mahaney's been I mean, I, I was impressed with his run at Fonda. On, uh, on on Saturday night. I mean, he looked really, really good. I mean, he's finished on the podium in the Fonda 200 the last three times. So he looked he looked really good. And if they can roll with that momentum and keep things going, uh, he's a guy I want to count out. Uh, and again, as I said, Peter Britton uh, has been well. Larry White, I mean, you can never count out Larry whenever he shows up, you know, especially he's, you know, former Super Dirt Week winner. So big, big race pedigree, you know, and we've got the outlaw coming up here in two weeks at his home track at Fulton Speedway. So uh, another guy I'd keep an eye on, um, you know, so, but again, it's a hodgepodge and, and nothing against any of those guys. They're just not having the year that Shepard's having. So, I mean, the discussion starts with Shepard and then, okay, it, when Matt doesn't win, who, who do we think is going to be the guy behind him? Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the things me and you were talking about last week, a lot uh, kind of just through messaging was a lot of the streaming stuff. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen comments from multiple track, you know, owners and promoters and stuff this year, most recently Smoky Mountain. You know, there've been comments from plenty of other uh, uh, track operators this season about just kind of the nature of things and what they're getting paid, whether they're getting paid anything. And and you kind of exist in this interesting place where, you know, you are doing weekly stuff. You know, you have a relationship with Flow Racing, doing the yep. short track super series stuff. You know, you know, Rigsby, you've seen both sides of this, the subscription mm-hmm. stuff. You guys are not really doing the subscription stuff. You're doing more mm-hmm. of a pay-per-view model um, yep. and sharing revenue with the tracks. Give me just your general sense of kind of things right now around streaming and, and where you kind of, I, you know, look, it's tough right now. Like I, I'm not knocking either model. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we have our reasons for, for doing things the way we do it. You know, we believe in being a partner with the racetrack and, you know, the streaming revenue revenue is shared, um, uh, between when, uh, when we run an event, uh, the reason for our philosophy is, you know, our first goal is to get people to go to the racetrack. Um, we want your butt in the stands first. That that's our first and foremost what we want to happen. Because at the end of the day, that's where the track. You know, I know, we all know. The way you make the most money is to have a butt in the seats. That person's paying for a ticket. That person is paying for food. That person is doing a lot of things at the racetrack that they're not experiencing on streaming. So that's first and foremost. If I don't have race, you know, for us, if that, you know, if I can't, if you can't go, we want to be the fallback option. We don't want to be the first option where I sit home and I watch the race and I'm not going to go even though the track's down the street. That's that's. That's not what we want, um, you know, and, and for us, we look at it as a partnership. We charge a little bit more than gate price, which people complain about. And I understand it. But at the end of the day, our job is to protect the racetrack. We want you to go. And if you can't go, it's 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 a luxury. You know what I mean? It's an, it's an extra service that we're offering to you. Um, and, you know, we feel like we do a good job, you know, where we charge a little bit more. Yeah. But we try to give you, you know, multiple cameras um, at all of the bigger stuff, you know, at Fonda Speedway, we have five cameras going. 
Um, you know, this weekend at Sealands Grove, um, Saturday night, we're going to, you know, we'll have two, you know, we'll have four cameras going, you know, so every, some of these shows that we charge more for, we try to give you a higher quality production. Um, so that way we're giving you a little bit more bank for your buck. Uh, I mean, I get, I, again, I'm not knocking the flow model, the dirt vision model, those work for them. You know, I, I think the thing that you and I were really debating was, you know, the Smoky Mountain promoter came out and said, you know, I'm not making enough money. And I think the, the, the hard part is for, for the tracks right now is when you book a series, almost every series that you book now has made a streaming revenue deal with whether it's Dirt Vision or it's with Flow. So you're beholden you know, to that series and they can give you whatever they want. They can give you all of the streaming revenue. They can give you none. And I think that's tough for tracks because if you're putting all the time, the money, the effort in, and you're offering a, you know, a $30,000 purse, let's say, and I'm only getting $1,000 on the streaming revenue, that's a tough, you know, that, that, that's tough. Um, we talk in our, in our line of it, of there being three gates for every racetrack, you know, and, and this is, comes from, uh, you know, the company we stream through is Speed Sport TV uh, and Chris Grainer, uh, also, you know, one of the big three, really, he's in, he runs IMCA TV and all of that. Um, you know, there's three gates for racetracks. There's your front gate, there's your back gate, and then there's your streaming gate, you know, and we know that that streaming gate revenue is getting more and more, you know, because again, people, people enjoy it, you know, and people, you know, I know people, I watch people at our races, you know, buying other tracks that we're streaming at and watching that, having that on in their hand in the stands, watching the race and they're sitting at Albany, Saratoga, but they're, you know, they're watching the action from Can-Am or, you know, they're watching Ransomville or wherever their favorite driver races that they can't go see. You know, so for us, that's cool. I like to see that, you know, so to me, I understand the promoter side of it. It, it. Some of these bigger races are worth more than what they're, they're not getting their fair share, I would say. Now, look, some of it doesn't matter. You know, we've had a lot of debate up here about streaming, you know, and, and some of it doesn't matter. Like the outlaws, they can roll into a place. You know, I know we all know they're going to pack the place. They are the, they are the number one series or the top racing in the country. And, you know, the streaming revenue probably doesn't matter as much to the track because the place is going to be packed to capacity and, you know, you're going to sell a ton of food. You're going to have a good night, you know, but when you get some of these middle tier series, you know, it's, it's and again, I'm not knocking any series, but they're not the outlaws, obviously. Um, it's, you know, having the streaming option, it, it could hurt you, especially if you're not getting any revenue off of it. Why is there this thought that people are um not going to the racetrack because of streaming and and is this just because of the anecdotal information has anybody actually put together numbers have you put together numbers have the tracks put together numbers because that's like one of my big issues in all of this is it turns into mm -hmm. well my cousin down the street his you know his neighbor yeah. said that they're not going to the track because of this and i have yet to see someone come out and say all right here are the numbers here's why we believe what we believe and mm -hmm. i'm and i'm wondering like do you have those numbers do the tracks have those numbers you know yeah is, is look, that something I mean, that's actually being talked about for us, we share all of our data with the racetrack. So on a given night, I can look at, uh, you know, email addresses, IP addresses, where people are streaming from, you know, and we like to see, you know, a 50-50 split, if you will, I'll say it that way, of out-of-towners and local, you know, that, that's what you want to see. And I consider a local anybody within an hour to hour and a half, okay? If you're that close, you could go in theory, you know, at a work night, I get it if you don't go or whatever. But that, that's kind of the blend that we like to see. Now, I don't know what Flow does. I don't know. I can tell you what Dervision. I don't know. You know I'm sure they track their data their way. Um, you know, but that's, we track data. We look at it. We see what's the benefit of it. Um, and we've done the math on doing a subscription model. You know, we've done the math on that. And we don't think with the stats and the numbers that we have that we could get some of the tracks, the revenue that they would be getting if we keep doing it the way we're doing it, if that makes sense, um, you know, by, by, by searching the data. Um, you know, am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But looking at the data, you know, we've tried, we've had people say your, your stream's too expensive. You'll sell 10 times more if you're cheaping it up. So we did a couple of races where we sold it for half price. And you know what? My number didn't triple. My number didn't double. My number was about the same as it was before. Now, it, maybe that will get a hand, handful more people, but we've tried it. We, we've done everything, you know, that people, oh, you need to do this. You need, we've tried it, you know, and we looked at the data and, you know, we compared it and it didn't, for us, didn't move the needle. The, 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 Row, you know, A or B to make us want to change our model. Um, you know, again, I and I, I, nothing against you know how the other companies do it. That's it's just we we feel that we're doing it the, the right way right now. And like, who knows? I could tell you six months from now that we're changing and going to a different model. You don't, you know what I mean? You know how this the, the world of streaming in general works is things change every other week, and you're constantly adjusting, changing, trying to do things better, doing different, and and so on. So 
Um, you know, I can tell you, you know, we look at, we have a, you know, we have a couple of tracks that we just, um, we record the video and then we, we do offer a, a, a $19.99 a month subscription, but that's for all of our replay stuff. So you're not getting any live racing with that. You're just getting a little, you're getting a couple of day delay on it and then you get to watch it. And I can tell you for us, you know, a handful of the tracks that we do that at, um, it's worth it because we, we have enough people that watch the replays, you know, to keep things going. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, so again, it, it's, it's everybody's models different. Everybody has their own ideas of what they want to do. You know, for me, this, no, for me, I'm weird with the streaming because I won't stay home, even though I could, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I want to be at the racetrack. I mean, we had a rain out this year at Lebanon Valley. I drove all the way back from Lebanon Valley home and went to Fulton Speedway so I could go to an Empire Super Sprint race for part of Speed Week. It's just, you know, I'm crazy like that. Now, Friday nights, I'm home, but I'm, I'm, I'm promoting our streaming events to people that can't go. Um, but Saturday night, every Saturday night, I'm at a race. And now this time of the year, every night of the week, I'm at a race. You know, streaming's not going to keep me home. For me, streaming's not going to keep me home. But are there people that streaming may keep them home? It's, it's possible. But, you know, I think there's a multitude of factors for that, too. As you know, I mean, let, let's be fair. Fuel prices are insane for people right now. And if I can barely afford to put fuel in my car, you know, to, to go to work, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to afford a $40 ticket to go to the races, you know? So things like that obviously factor in with it right now, too. Yeah. And I don't want to make it seem like I, I don't care that the racetracks are making money, not making money, because obviously we need the tracks to be, you know, just as healthy as everything else, because without the tracks, there is no sport. Um, but I, my big contention with a lot of the promoters and a lot of the issues is that you look around the country, there are very few facilities that are, you know, up to date, state of the art facilities, you know, investments are not being made. And, and, you know, you hear it all the time, like the tracks don't have the money to make the investments. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But then on top of that, you have to understand that when, you know, you've got muddy parking lots and you've got disgusting mm -hmm. bathrooms and you have all of these things, that's keeping people away from your facility. Mm -hmm. and, and if we cannot get to the point where the at track experience is just dramatically better than the streaming option at home, then of course, people are going to stay home and watch the streaming option. And, you know, the ticket stuff is, is another, you know, thing that I have talked about multiple times. It's, mm -hmm. you know, oh, they don't come if it's going to rain. Well, okay, that's true. Like especially when you're selling tickets in advance to a to a big show or the you know the big series that do this, why is it so difficult to get a refund? If the thing <laughs> rains out, I should be able to get my money back, no problem. And and I feel like, you know, it's it seems like that we're we're glossing over all of the all of the issues, all of the things that need to happen at these racetracks, and it's becoming like, oh, it's just the streaming's fault, and it's the camera on the tower, and that's why people aren't coming. And we're not mentioning the fact that you can't get out of the place, that there's eight divisions of racing and it runs till 2 a.m. Like we, we don't want to talk about the real problems. We want right. to talk about this one thing that's just kind of the height of all of that right I, now. Like, I, I think our, our, I know I understand it, I, you know, but I look at the comments like the, the guy from Terre Haute. I can't remember his name when they had that Sunday Scott night Rock. show. Yeah, it, it, that was whoo, that went deep. Uh, the, those, yeah. you know, they went at it pretty, pretty hardcore there. Uh, but I look at him like I look at Terre Haute's facility. They've done a nice job of fixing making that place look nicer to me. I've been there a few times. And when I saw it on flow, I'm like, wow, that's, that's different. They got, you know, higher fences all the way around the place. You know, they obviously look like they're taking the time and they're trying to invest and they're trying to do things the right way. Um, you know, now I, I completely understand your point of the tracks, a crap hole and nobody wants to go like that's that, that is completely understandable. Um, you know, I think the other issue we're having is let's be fair. Dirt racing. You're going to get dirty. Okay. I don't, you know, here, wherever you go, there's going to be dirt. And I think that some of the problem we're having is people don't want to do that anymore. You know, if I can sit home and watch it and I not get dirty, you know, that's a win. I ain't got a shower. And, and let's be fair. We are a old people sport. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to knock us, but look around at grandstands, man. Like it's, it's, it's scary. At like some places, you know, it's not, I'm a teacher, you know, you know that for my real job and you know, kids, I have a few kids in my school that are that are into racing. You know, they, they race at Oswego or they go to Oswego every week, whatever. But it is not like when you were a kid or I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, if you saw a race car, you stopped, you know, whatever. You drive by some guy's shop and you'd be like, oh, my God, look at the race car. You know, you freak out. You get to the racetrack at noon. Like kids today. I mean, look, man, they got this and their attention spans about seven minutes. You know, and I, I'm giving them a lot of credit by saying seven minutes. You know, I'm not <laughs> picking on them. But but, you know, we got to figure out. You know, that I think that's part of the reason why we're losing crowd, too, is people are just they're getting old and they can't move around. Now, I will say the streaming helps with that, though. You still have that fan. I mean, I don't know how many uh, older people I've assisted, you know, and walking them through the process of streaming. 
um, and helping them getting set up with streaming. Heck, I had somebody call me last night uh, at 10 o'clock at night and ask me if we're streaming Super Dirt Week on Dirt Track Digest TV. <laughs> and I'm like, we are not. Um, but I walked them through like, you know, hey, you need it's Dirt Vision. You need like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to ever even though I, I work, you know, I have my own company, you know, you still try to it's all for the betterment of everybody. Right. I mean, that's why we do this. So I walked him through the process of downloading, you know, he had a fire stick. I told him what to do to get, you know, Dirt Vision on there and all that and tried to help him out. I mean, look, you know, if, you know, if he can't go to Dirt Week, at least I want, you know, want, want him to, to see it and get something out of it. So, I mean, I think we just got we got a lot of problems, obviously. I, and I don't disagree with what you said. You know, some of the places complaining, you know, are, are just nobody goes there anyways. So it's streaming. They, they have bigger problems than having a stream. That's, that's not, the, not the issue. But I do see some successful places you know, kind of saying, making some comments, you know, like I was at not, you know, at Knoxville this year, you know, Terry McCarl, uh, the guy from IRA sprint series, you know, they made some comments and I look at them as, you know, they have some good event, you know, they do some things, right. I'm not saying that, again, they do everything right, but you know, when they're making comments, you know, there's some bluster up here in the Northeast, a little bit with some of the tracks, you know, you, you're, you're hearing it more and more. And I just think there needs to be more of, of, of a, a better partnership between series streaming and racetracks. And, and I think I'm not saying, you know, it needs to be all for the racetrack and nothing for the series. I just think we need to all find a better balance that helps everybody be successful. Um, you know what I mean? That, 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 that's kind of where I'm at when I was arguing with you the other day back and forth, you know, because, again, I can't imagine having a racetrack, you know, and, and, and not seeing much money off of streaming, you know, off of revenue. You know, now, look, some of the issue is these tracks, you know, made deals and they probably shouldn't have made those deals when they did. You know, they. They saw the money, they took the money, and and now they realize that, man, I, I maybe I should have asked for more money, or maybe I should have got more money, you know. So that's that's a little bit on them too, you know. But I mean, I think we all need to to, to maybe you know, COVID changed everything, you know. Let's be fair, COVID blew streaming away, you know what I mean. We before COVID, yeah, we had streaming and it was pretty good, but for when, when COVID hit, everybody now streamed because you couldn't leave your house. So you had to figure it out. And if you want, like in New York, if you want to watch a race, you, you had to watch it on the stream. That's it. So I think COVID changed the game with that too. So it's everybody now streams. So I get why people blame it. I also understand some, you know, some cases it's not the streaming's fault, but in other cases, maybe, you know, maybe streaming is a part of it. Yeah, I, I, I just, the... Uh, and I agree in that the 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 tracks, the series, the streamers, everybody needs to come up with a better deal for everyone involved. But you know, on some level, this is going to kind of constantly like be a moving target because you know mm -hmm. one side is always going to think the other side has it better than they have it, and all of that. So I, you know, I, I'm I'm concerned about that, and and I'm just generally concerned mm -hmm. about the the situation with tracks, and and I would like to see more happening in terms of innovating with programs, innovating with facilities. You know, we, there needs to be less track breaks. There needs to be fewer divisions running. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things that need to happen at a lot of these places. And, and you know, it just seems like there isn't a whole lot of want from some of these places to actually make those improvements and, and mm -hmm. make their make their situation better. And then on top of that, then we can go talk to the streamers about getting, you know, a better no, deal for, well, for the look, next season. You know, look, in New York, we have a lot of tracks that run a lot of divisions. But I think part of the problem is you're trying to pay out so much money to your top tier division that you need a lot of support classes. I mean, that's just, you know what I mean? And, and you're not getting the front gate revenue that you used to get. So you see the addition to classes in the back gate. You know, I, New York is probably different. Like I've been down South where you have like eight classes and they all time trial and you want to like, you know, basically want to hang yourself. Cause it's yeah, like you're, it's awful. Um, so I, I understand that, you know, from as somebody being from New York, you know, I have a different perspective because we don't do time trials for anything other than super dirt series, you know, everything else is heads up or whatever. Or it's time to warm ups, whatever you know. You're not you're not on the track multiple times, um, so uh, I get that. You know, I, I completely understand running the long show, etc. You know, what I do like, what most tracks here do, is you know if they do have that five or six divisions or whatever, they'll run the modifieds like second or third. So if you want to, you know, if you're there for the modifieds, you can get in. It's the second or third feature on the track, and then you can get out. You know, I used to like you know Burton. I liked it because they would run the sportsmen in the four cylinders after the modified. So I could go in the pits, talk to the guys and do everything, you know, and, and, and I didn't have to worry about, you know, missing, you know, the modified feature, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, I liked that they did that, you know, and a lot of our tracks, that's how they do it, you know? So that way, if you want to leave after the modifieds, you can get out. And if you want to stay, you can stay. Yeah. 
Uh, it was always the joke that we had about world finals. And I know you've been to world finals, but like with the sprint cars, the big blocks and the lame and the lame house, you would watch the crowd like rotate, like the, the, the late model fans would stay for their, their stuff. And then they would leave and the sprint car fans would come mm -hmm. into the, uh, uh, come into the grandstands was always something funny there, but, uh, and then yeah, the no, modifiers would pack the track. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I just, I, I, I am very much like you and, and, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do with, with my, you know, with the, with the site and trying to promote the streaming services and prom promoting the different podcasts. Like mm -hmm. I very much want, you know, to see everything get better across the board, yeah. every part of the oh, yeah. country, every division. And so like, I, I am going to be uh, probably too critical at some points. Um, but I feel like on the flip side, you know, if I am critical of something, I'm going to try to offer up solutions and try to help. And, yeah. and you know, mm -hmm. my DMs are open, my emails open. So like, if, you know, if people want to come at me for my opinions or, you know, they want to ask me questions or, you know, if I could help, I'm, I'm always available to do that. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, no. And, and, and again, I agree with you. Look, at, at, at the end of the day, the, the reason we stream, the reason I do everything I do, I mean, this is for the love of the sport. You know what I mean? I, it, yeah. Okay. Again, everyone's oh, you're making money. Of course. Yes, I own a business. That's the purpose of, <laughs> yeah. of owning a business. Trying to run a business here. Right, right. I'm not Amazon and I'm not Walmart. I can tell you that. Okay. Yeah. I'm having fun. You know, I'm doing it because I love it. You know, I love the travel. I love going to the races. I've been doing this for almost uh, now. I have been doing it for 20 years. Holy crap. Um, so you know, it's obviously it's it's not, you know, that's not the reason behind it. You know, I, I want the sport healthy. I want things to go well. I want people to go to the races and I want to be able to go to the racetrack on the weekend, you know, like everybody else. And if I can help do that, if another model helps do that, if, if the flow model works for somebody and helps them do that, you know, Brett Dale's on the flow model. It, he, it works for him. So, I mean, that, that's his, you know, if it's working for him, then great. If his tracks are healthy, everything's healthy. I'm, I'm fine with whatever works as long as it works. You know what I mean? And everybody's happy and it's going to keep those racetracks open. And, and, and that's our end game. That's my end goal with all of it. And I, I know you're kind of the same way, like you said. Uh, I know you also have partnered with Jeremy uh, Elliott to do his stuff with Sprint Car Unlimited. Um, can we get Jeremy to be a little bit less of a curmud curmudgeon? Like, do you think that's possible for Jeremy <laughs> to just like be a little happier, a little more positive? I love Jeremy. You know, the first time I met him, I'm like, why is that guy so miserable? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but once I got to know him, you know, now I call him just to bust the stones a little bit here and there. But Jeremy's Jeremy. I mean, he's got to deal with posse fans. Come on, you know, as a former <laughs> outlaw true. guy, you know what that's like, right? I mean, they are <laughs> they are hardcore, man, and, uh, and and don't get on the wrong side of them because they will let you know. So, uh, you know, but no, Jeremy definitely is. Uh, <laughs> he's he's Jeremy, but I I love him, and uh, yeah, this weekend we're going to be Sealands Grove. That's uh, where I'm heading here uh, tomorrow and Saturday. So looking forward to that for their national open weekend, Jim Nace Memorial. You know, six grand on the line, then twenty six grand on Saturday night. So uh, pretty pumped about that. You know, then, of course, we got another team of guys going to Malta for Friday night. Then, of course, Saturday, you can watch the Super Dirt Series on Dirt Vision. Uh, give me your give me all your plugs for, for Dirt Track Digest. If the, the, the people that are watching this don't know of you, don't know of all the things you have going on, the streaming, like give me the full rundown on Dirt Track Digest. If it if if it if it's modifieds, we got you. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we do everything. Let's be fair. We cover, you know, national late models, national sprint cars, local, you know, the local northeast tracks on sprint car racing. Uh, but, you know, predominantly everybody knows us, knows us for big block modifieds. You know, we try to be the one stop source for all of that. So, you know, every weekend we have results. We have press releases, you know, updated daily. Um, you know, we have live updates on my Twitter account. Thanks to my good buddy, Kent Bruce, uh, who, you know, I've gotten so much work now that I have a guy that does my Twitter. So I want to, <laughs> I want to make sure that I thank him, you know, at DTD Mike, if you want to follow and get all the latest, you know, results as fast as you can. Um, you know, if you follow Dirt Track Digest, you're going to get race stories and things of that nature. Of course, follow us on Facebook uh, and you'll get all of our stories. You get all of our, uh, you know, all of our, our video content. You'll see what we're doing, where we're at, and live look-ins and all that. And of course, we have the streaming side of things, which thankfully, it's, I'll say it's slowing down in the sense that we're just all of us go to one place now instead of everybody going to 10 places on a weekend, which is, which is kind of nice. You know, so we've got some big, big weekends coming up, um, you know, looking forward to that. You know, again, you'll see some of it with the Short Track Super Series. Uh, on flow here in a couple of weeks, we'll be at, you know, Port Royal for the Port, you know, Port Royal 75 now, no longer the 200. Um, so we'll be there for that. You know, we'll be covering Georgetown for the final elite series race. You know, those next two races are elite series. You know, we'll have coverage from Afton, uh, for the working man series. Uh, and then we'll also have a crew that's getting ready to head to Louisiana here in the fall. So, uh, and all that action will get to be on flow. I'm trying to think we don't have much left on, on the TV side of things. We do have a couple of, uh, sprint car shows that we'll have. Uh, and we also, um, I've made a deal 
uh, to looks like we'll be streaming Eastern States weekend. So uh, that's a big deal for us. That is, uh, you know, we talk Super Dirt Week. My favorite racing event of the year, other than the Knoxville Nationals, is Eastern States weekend. I don't know what it is about Middletown. I've always loved Eastern States. Um, just something special about it to me. You know, I, I went there for a really long time after I left Fonda and got into college and grew up a little bit, you know, became an adult and, and lived down in that area. So it's always been my, you know, Afton and Middletown, Utica have always been kind of my second homes. You know, Fonda was my home growing up. I'll, I'll always be probably a Fonda homer as long as I live because I don't have a choice. I think it's a grain in you, but um, <laughs> outside of that, uh, you know, Afton, Middletown and, and, and Utica, Rome were kind of my homes for a really long time. Uh, you're sitting in your studio right now, and I think we talked about this before we started recording. But tell me about yep. your uh, your Friday night show. Yeah, we've been we've been having we tried it out this year. Uh, we call it the Power Hour. Uh, I don't, oh, most of the time it was more than an hour, but hour and a half. But we're very fortunate. <laughs> Got a lot of lot of tracks that we stream on Friday nights. Um, you know, we had we had Albany, Saratoga, Big Diamond, Can Am, uh, Mohawk International came on later in the season. Uh, we had Ransomville. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody. Five or six shows each Friday. I'm still thinking to make sure I didn't miss anyone. I might've. Um, and what I did is I just sat here, you know, and, and everybody knows like what's better right now, this time of the year when, you know, you come home from the race the weekend on Friday and Saturday and you sit down in the chair about 1245, one o'clock rolls around in here. Are you ready for seven hours of commercial free nonstop football? All right. Red zone. <laughs> who doesn't, right. Who doesn't, who doesn't love that? Like if you're a football guy, you know, so I, you know, I, I really enjoy that, that I watch MLB strike zone. You know, they run that a couple nights a week where they do the same thing. They jump from game to game to game. So we used to do live look-ins from all of our tracks where we just give you a little snippet of what's going on. So what we uh, decided to do as a team, we came up with the idea to do something like that for heat race action from the tracks that we stream at on Friday night. So I, I, I sit here, um, I bring in all the different tracks that we got, and I'll just hop around, try to highlight our partners and show you what you're missing by not being in those tracks. And if you're home, maybe, maybe it encourages you to buy one of those broadcasts and support the track. Um, so that, you know, that's the goal, you know, I, and we've had, a, I, I've been very happy. I want to, you know, I thank everybody for the feedback we've gotten on it. I've had so many people come up to me and say, you know, I really enjoy watching it, you know, and I, what I really like is during the night, they'll comment to me while they're watching, like I'm watching from Ranceville or I'm watching from Can-Am or I'm what, you know what I mean? And I really, really like that knowing that, you know, those people are supporting the tracks that we're streaming at and also watching, you know, what we're doing. So that that's very much appreciated. And, and I really want to thank people that have that have come up to me and said, Hey, this is awesome. Keep, keep up the good work. So, um, you know, that, that's it, it. You know, you know how it is. You get beat down in this sport sometimes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when you get a couple positive, you know, people saying, Hey, thank you. Thank you for what you guys do, or you, you guys are doing an awesome job. It really means a lot. Where, uh, where can we watch that? And what time does it normally, start? uh, we will, uh, we'll go live on our Facebook page right now. Um, it, it's, it's going to re kick off in the spring. Obviously we don't have much racing on Friday nights now for us. So it'll kick off in the spring. Um, and it'll be on our Facebook page. Hopefully, you know, once we get everything, we, we, we think we got it down and, and then we're, we're going to keep doing it. So we'll try to get it up on our, uh, on our, on our, like our stream on our app. Also, if you go to dirt digest.tv, it'll be one of the streams that you can click on to, to go to. Nice. Well, Mr. Mike Mallet, I appreciate the time today and uh, I appreciate the debates as always. Oh man. Love it. I'll, I'll debate. You give me a topic. You want to talk racing. I I'm in, I'm in. And for the record, I'm so happy Donnie Shots won Knoxville. Just saying. Oh, I haven't yeah. had a chance to talk sprint cars with you. So I was I was pumped when Donnie won. Do you want to talk <laughs> some sprint cars? We can do that while Yeah, if you want right you now. want to talk a little sprint cars here. Now now yeah. the unfortunate part is none of that momentum carried over afterwards. So that that was a little bit of a disappointment. But I, I was you know, I, I can remember my first ten Knoxville Nationals. I want to say Donnie won nine of them or he won ten, all ten of them. It was ridiculous. And I used to wear, you know, any I would I would have bought it anyone but Donnie shirt. And now it's like Come on, I want to. I want to see him get Steve Kinzer's record. I, I just want, you know, he's done everything else. He's, you know, the championships, all that. That's gonna be tough to beat of Steve's, but this record, I think he can get, and I think it would be cool, you know, to have him go down as the best ever at Knoxville, just because of how dominant he's been and how good he was, you know, or how good he is at Knoxville. So definitely love that. And how about the improvement of Shark Racing and Jacob yes. Allen here? Jacob, amazing on another level. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I, I don't feel get... like the the you knew kind of what the team was capable of. And actually, I talked to Blake mm -hmm. Anderson about this the other day. You knew what the team was capable of because we've seen what Logan can do. And mm -hmm. so it's like you knew that the, the parts and pieces were there. And it's just like all of a sudden, Jacob has just figured it out. And I don't know what he's mm -hmm. doing. I don't know what he's eating. I don't know what it is, but it is working. <laughs> uh, and I mentioned this actually on my own show. And I mentioned this with Blake. But 
Uh, Jacob previously, his previous career best was four straight top tens with the outlaws. Right mm-hmm. now, he has 13 straight. Wow. So, you know, take the wins aside, you know, the couple of times he's won this year, all the other stuff, but like now he's got the consistency going as well, which is what you really need to be successful with mm-hmm. these, with these series. But yeah, shark racing and, and what Jacob has done this year is just completely on another level. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. You know, I got to tell you, you could have told me, you know, going into the Knoxville nationals, you know, you could have given me, you know, I could have bet my house and I, I probably would have to say that Logan and Jacob would not sweep those first no. two nights, you know, no, no, and nothing against. Nothing against him. You know, Logan's been fantastic at Knoxville, but yeah. Jacob, Jacob has, has always not, just, though. right. He's just struggled or just yeah. something stupid happens or just dumb luck, you know, knocks him out of a race or whatever. I mean, I remember, well, there was a year when he was in the B main, he was running in the final transfer spot with like two to go. And he clipped that little ditch coming off of four and it broke something in the front end. And he didn't make the A. You know, mm-hmm. it was just always something like that. Just always bit him. And to see him win that, you're like, wow. Like that was, that was impressive and and pretty, pretty awesome. I got to say, I mean, it was, you know, Knoxville this year, you know, I know it's a a month ago or whatever, but how different what, I mean, what are what's your take on how that went down with the guys, you know, not being able to transfer out of the heats, you know, Jacob, uh, you know, or uh, Logan winning his qualifying night and not making the A-main on Saturday. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I asked about that because I didn't know if that had ever happened before. And Eric, first time. Yep. that that had never been the case at Knoxville, which mm-hmm. is wild. But, you know, you see that, like, you know, the differences of, of track prep and, and how different things were from the first night to the second night. And with guys struggling a little bit more to move forward on the first night versus the second night, you know, things were, things look like they kind of, you know, you expected them to mm-hmm. look after that, but it, it made up this like really kind of crazy mix of, of, of drivers and guys getting opportunities and, and, you know, seeing some of the other guys that got to make, you know, the, the main event, like, you know, JJ Hickle and, and, you know, some of the other guys that you weren't expecting Tasker, and, Tasker Phillips. Yeah. Tasker Phillips, you and, know, and Justin Sanders being in there and, and some of those other guys that was, uh, it was pretty neat. Uh, I want to ask your opinion too, about a guy that's kind of closer to your neck of the woods. Who's kind of been atop the sprint car world all year is Brent Marks. You know, that Man. guy has won so much <laughs> money this year. Well, I, you know, I think we're lucky here, you know, uh, in the Northeast, uh, the PA sprint car market with, with Brent Marks and Anthony Macri, the season, those two drivers are having. You know, one of our buddies is, 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 is that we chat with that's in our group chat and our, in our Facebook group chat. He's a huge Brent Marks guy. So we've been we ride him all the time. About, oh, Anthony Macri beat him, you know, to score mm-hmm. 50. You know what Brett do? He went right by, you know, but it, it has been so exciting to watch Brent and Anthony, you know, and Dietrich, you know, all those guys kind of go back and forth. You know, we said for a while that PA was lacking that, you know, since, you know, you know, Greg Hodnett passed away. You kind of lacked that guy that carry the posse torch, if you will not, you know, because Greg went to every race. I'm not saying Lance isn't that guy. Let's be fair. But yeah, but they lost just don't that run guy all that, the time. Right, right. You lost that guy that goes out on the road and goes to all the big races and has a shot, you know, to do well. You know, Greg always ran well at Knoxville. He was always up front. You know, won, won the last, you know, his last win was in Knoxville. Um, so to see Marks go out and win, you know, Eldora, you know, and run well at Knoxville and run, you know, and see Anthony kind of now starting to take, go on the road and starting to do better and better as he's out on the road. I think it says, good things about what what's happening in PA. You know, there was a while where the outlaws would come in, the all-stars would come in and they were stomping the posse. I think mm-hmm. now that now, 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 now the game is changing. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about in, in just kind of in terms of sprint car racing is, you know, the like Bridgeport speedway to me is such almost like a hidden gem now on these schedules, <laughs> because like since it's been reworked and, you know, you've seen some outlaw shows there, you've seen some all-star shows there. And, and, you know, they're kind of standalone 410 stuff. That place is amazing to watch sprint car races now. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know how many tracks around the country have gone like undergone like that amount of, of a transformation. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, have we seen a bad sprint car race at Bridgeport in the last couple of years? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think every time you watch it, it's good. I mean, I think the design works for the sprint cars. I mean, let's be fair. I've, I've been to the Berg, you know, Lawrenceburg, what it's kind of modeled after. And the, and, and the couple of times I've seen races there, you know, the non-wing cars have been fantastic. So, I mean, I think, I mean, if it's a good sprint car track, it's a good sprint car track, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think Knox still Knoxville is my favorite. Sorry. You can like Bridgeport. It's okay. But Knoxville is still the best. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think Bridgeport perfect size for it. You know, the racing has been fantastic. You know, the 410 shows there have been awesome. And, you know, I think that is a testament to the shape, the track and all the work that went into it. I mean, that place, I don't know if you ever saw it before or had been there prior to the, what it used to be, you know, the big half mile. I mean, it, it is, 
you would if you had not been the Bridgeport in 10 years, you wouldn't even know where you were. Like you would think you're in a different world other than the grandstands are still the same. I mean, it, it is definitely amazing the transformation. And just today it was announced up here. Um, they're talking about shortening the, you know, the looks like Lebanon Valley Speedway is going to get short uh, from being a half mile. They're going to bring it down and widen it out. So I think that's I think that's the direction you're going to see, you know, the day you know, for us. That's what people want to watch that exciting on top of each other racing. So I think that's, you know, that might happen a lot more now. Yeah. Uh, well, last question, uh, just sprinkle question. Uh, a guy yes. that I like a lot that's from kind of your neck of the woods also, uh, Briggs Danner. Uh, mm-hmm. This kid, he runs modifieds, he runs sprint cars, he, you know, <laughs> he, he's, he runs everything. Uh, is he a guy that we could see move into the national scene a little bit more, do you think? I mean, look, he ran USAC Speed Week, you know, Sprint Week, and he looked pretty good. I mean, he looked pretty good. I think he's got some learning to do with the wing on top. I mean, uh, but as far as running the non-wing cars, you know, he's definitely got it his act together. He is he is somebody to keep an eye on, somebody to watch. And, you know, look, I think any guy that runs starts and modifieds and then you give him, uh, you know, you go to a sprint car race and you put a crutch on top. And I always make that joke because that's a New York thing. They call them crutches. <laughs> um, th- they're going to get better. You know, I look at, you know, for me, the, like the Empire Super Sprints, the 360 organization here. You know, you take the guys that are decent and modified. like, you know, Jason Barney, Steve Poyer was one of the best ever to come out of Quebec in a modified, if not the best ever. Um, you know, Danny Varon, you know, these guys, you put, you give them sprint cars with a wing on top after they run a modified and they are phenomenal. There's, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're the downforce and everything. It just works because of what, you know, the, 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 what they grew up with and what they raced with without the grip and all of that. So, you know, Briggs coming from a modified background. You know, actually, I think he's got a little everything background because I think, yeah, he's for sure. ran, you know, as you said, he's ran about every type of car. I think that's only going to help him. And as he moves up the ladder, I think he's going to get a lot better. I mean, he, I just don't think he has the experience yet with the wing car stuff yet to be, um, you know, to get there. But I'm not saying he can't. It's just it's it's going to take it's a little progression. You know, I mean, we've seen the guys that have gone from non wing to wing, you know. Some of them struggle. I mean, Tyler Courtney is probably the exception where he just went from wing to in a Bam, I'm just he good. was just amazing. Which, yeah. 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 Right. Right. So I think, you know, some of the other guys have tried it, you know, it's taking, like Chris Windham is getting better. You know, I've seen him a few times this year with the all stars uh, and he's he's definitely improving, you know, but it's not normal to be able to jump from one, you know, that non wing to the wing car and be, you know, be, you know, a Tyler Courtney, if you will. Yeah, for sure. All right, Mr. Mallet, I appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for coming no, on. No problem, and, man. And hey, thanks for talking a little bit of sprint cards with me. You know, I don't I don't get to course. do that much, you know, so appreciate it, brother. <laughs> It's it's you. You're in charge of this thing, Mallet. This is your website. If you want to talk about I, it, you talk. Well, look, but but here's the thing. I know what people want to read about. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know when you said look at the data. I look at the data. <laughs> you know your audience. I know my audience. I know what they like, and I know what they uh, enjoy reading about and uh, looking at. So I try to, uh, you know, I try to cover some sprint car race. I slide it in there and sneak you it in there every once. Just sneak it in there every once in a while. But I don't. I don't <laughs> want to do it too much. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, man.